Hey, what's up, church family? Hey, sorry that we canceled uh, due to snow. Uh, we weren't sure what the snow was going to look like and what the accumulation would be like, uh, but we did know this. Uh, we knew that some of you would not feel very comfortable uh, with that kind of uncertainty. And so we knew uh, if we did our message online that we would be able to reach everybody in the church uh, with a great message and help you to worship Jesus this Sunday. And so we made the decision uh, to, out of abundance of caution to do the thing that we thought was safest for you. Hey, with that, we're going to delay the launch of our series. So we'll do essential starting next week, but we will start the devotion this Sunday. And so I will send out a link uh, with that devotion, both in the message and in an email uh, so that we can start a devotion together around the essentials of life. Um, we will also um, launch that series next week. It'll be a lot of fun. And so in the interim, what I'd like to do is talk to you uh, about um, serving and what scripture tells us about serving. Today's message is called uh, Get Off the Bench and Into the Game. And I've had more than one leader that told me uh, more than one time in my ministry and throughout history, you know, it's difficult to get people to serve. It seems like it's one of the things that's hardest. In fact, uh, you've probably heard at some point about 80% of the people in the church do 100% of the work. Uh, and you'd say, no, that's not right. It's 20%. Yeah. So you think of the 80-20 rule, a lot of people say about 20% really do a lot of work. Well, I started looking that up and wanted to know what the national stats were with regard to service among the church. And the average is about 45%. So about 45% of the people in the churches on average are really doing um, a lot of the ministry and the work. But also in a church under 400, which is the typical church in our country, 60% are typically engaged. 60%. Let me ask you a question. We were close to that before COVID, but COVID sure has wrecked that thought, wrecked that number, and maybe wrecked what people think are opportunities to serve. But has it really? So we look at the life of Jesus. I want to ask you a question this morning as we think about his life. How would Jesus have responded to COVID? And what would have been his response regarding health and um, his engagement with people? the balance between the two? It's an interesting question. And the only thing I can do is I can come to the scriptures and say, okay, let's see what they say. So if you've got a Bible, open it up to Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And let's look at this just for a second. In this passage, look at what Jesus did. Jesus called them together, his disciples, and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to become first must become your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Matthew 20, 25 to 28. So I want to just present some things to you. And one of the things is we were built for service because if we're following after Jesus, we're following after the life which he has implanted in us, which begs the question, then why do some within the body, within the church, struggle with service at different times, and maybe you even struggle during this season of COVID, then we'll have uh, some really good points about that. Not just things to guilt you, but things that may think help you think different about service. So here's some reasons why I've seen that people sometimes struggle with service. The first one is um, they're busy. I'm too busy. Um, I'm not saying that we don't live full lives. Uh, we, we certainly do. And most of the people I know that are living life to its fullest are busy. But I think when we look at our lives, we sometimes find that we don't make time for service. It's something that if we've got enough time left over, maybe we'll serve. And if that's our attitude, 
uh, it probably will never happen. The other reason I think is fear. People struggle with fear. And I think that's a big one in the season of COVID. And they're orienting their, their whole attitude toward what could happen. And maybe they're afraid, uh, one, they might make a mistake in serving, depending on the area. But I think right now, they're afraid, afraid of what if I were to get COVID or get exposed to COVID. And as someone who's been there and even led to a partial hospitalization, here's what I would say. I can't stop living my life just because COVID is here. It doesn't mean I don't take precautions. If, you're, if you attend our church, you know we have mask wearing, we have social distancing of six feet, but the reality is, is we haven't stopped serving one another. And I think that's an important distinction. And when you look at this, let me give you some examples. Somehow people in our culture, even Christians, find the time to go to the grocery store. They find the time to eat out. They find the time to do certain things, even in the midst of COVID, but somehow COVID is something that paralyzes people into not serving. And I think that's something we need to really consider because I think there's more than one way to serve. It's not always just at the church building, but we need to think about, are we allowing COVID to so mobilize us in fear that we're not following after what Jesus has said regarding serving? There's a deception in, in the middle of some of the excuses of why we don't serve, and that's that someone else will do it. Uh, that, you know, someone else will fill in that gap. Someone will do it better than I do, you know. And the reality is when we think about that, if everyone thought that way, then no one would ever serve. It's a, it's a horrible maxim that would just destroy how we could serve one another. But I really think the number one reason of why we sometimes struggle with serving is just plain selfishness. We really have landed in a culture, you've heard this multiple times, that's a me or a happiness culture. And even when we're looking for a church, trying to pick a church, we're looking for what does it provide for me, uh, years ago, I was uh, talking to a friend, and uh, we uh, he was asking what's the best church fit for him, and I said, "Answer this question: Where can I best assist or help with my gifting to advance the kingdom of God?" When you answer that, you really know what the best church is for you in that season. It's not necessarily what you get, and I think that's a level of maturity, and maturity changes with age, and hopefully with uh, our engagement with scripture and Jesus. I wasn't always this way. There's many times in my life I wasn't about other people. I was about myself as well, just like you. I remember as a young guy uh, getting in an argument with my cousin about what to watch on TV. And he wanted to watch Smurfs, which I thought was just lame and weird. Some of you might still think that if you even remember what Smurfs is. And then there was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon on, which I just thought was cool. And so I remember we were arguing back and forth, back and forth about it and got in such a heated argument my aunt had to step in and pull us apart, but at the heart, and you know, it's funny, he came back later, he, and he was more mature than I was at that point, even though he's younger, and said, you know, if it's that important to you, we can just watch the other TV show. But I think a lot of us, I know that's a silly example, but I think a lot of us take life and we treat it that way in a broader way, and we make it all about us and what we get out of it and our safety and of course, there's a balance with being just, you know, um, crazy and um, at risk, but there's also a balance and also wanting to make sure that you're growing the way that you should with your faith. So how do you get in the game? So these are the excuses that typically are used, but how do you serve? How do you get in the game? And I think one, you just have to start understanding the breadth of scripture, not just the scripture we shared in Matthew, but when you look at all of scripture, serving is a huge part of it. So let me look through some of those and tell you some of the reasons why we need to get in the game and how you can do it. Uh, one, uh, you and I were called to serve. We were saved to serve, and we were called to serve. Uh, look at this out of Ephesians 2. For it's by grace that you've been saved, nothing you did, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast or no one can boast. 
For we are God's workmanship, look at this, created in advance, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when God created you, when God made you, uh, when God you know, brought Christ into the world to save you, his whole idea around that was to save you so that you might join in the, the work that he was doing to help others understand this good news. You were saved to serve, and you were certainly called to serve. 2 Timothy 1.9 out of the Living Bible says it this way. It says, God saved us and chose us for his holy work. Susan's grandfather, my wife's grandfather, has, has, uh, he's been passed now a little while, but I loved how he used to remind us all the time that God didn't save you to sit. You were reminded last week, you weren't saved to sit and soak. You were saved to serve. You were saved to impact the lives of other people and to join in what God was doing. And that's one of the realities that helps us to overcome some of this fear is we begin to understand this has not changed. The reality is, is we're still supposed to be in a position to live like Jesus and serve other people. Look at this other passage out of Matthew 9. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In other words, there's never a shortage of the work to do with this good news, this gospel, but somehow we sit on the post or we sit in the pew, depending on what kind of church you go to. And when you look at that, you, you find that yeah, you, you just don't understand this concept that's in the Bible all throughout it, that you were saved and God called you and purposed you for service. Many times we look at Christians and we think that service is a bondage. It's one more thing to add on. It's one more chore as we watch them serve. But what you begin to realize is they find their calling and that God has saved them for that. There's a joy in their service. They can't wait to do it because it's such a part of their wiring. And they begin to understand that they were freed from sin, that they might help free others. The second thing is of why you should serve is you and the church are made complete through service. You and I and the church all together were made complete through service. Think about this. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians, this is out of the Living Bible, all of you together are the one body of Christ, or one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. So we need each other, just like the body needs all the pieces to be working together. You and I, when we come together and serve, we complete the church, and we certainly complete the work which God purposed for the church to do. And when you're missing and not serving, something is missing for the church. I love this out of Acts. It says, David served God's purpose. In other words, in his own time, he completed that work of service that God gave him to do. And I love it. We didn't put that in there, but after that, it says that he rested with his family. He rested with his forefathers. He he knew that he had come to a point where he could rest because he had done all that God had called and asked him to do, because the reality is, is we need one another. In fact, for many of us, it's not an option to serve. I know a lot of you like that. You just, I have to serve, no matter what the situation. I love this out of Colossians. It says, be sure to finish the task you were given in the Lord's service. That task can look very unique, and it can be very diverse. And one of the things I want to share with you, I want to share a video. It was a video. Uh, it's an older video. Uh, we freshened it up some. But it's a video about why we need one another and how needing one another and being connected to one another through the act of service is so important, especially as it touches the soul of others. That's the heart that God wants us to have for one another, that we see a heartfelt need and we meet that.
And as we meet those needs, whether they're with children or students or the marginalized or our family members, we realize that we're making their life more complete, more full. And that's what Christ said, right? In John 10, 10, he says, I've come that you might have life, have it in the full, right? He wants us to have a full life. And that life is always connected to service. So who's God calling you to serve today? Number three, reason why you should serve, uh, you will give an account one day for your service. You and I will give an account one day for our actual service. Romans 14 says it this way. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We're going to give an account. So when we look at that, look at this out of the New Living. I like the way it, it says the same verse. Each of us will have to give a personal account to God. And that's so true. So many people, um, a lot of times, are concerned about the end times, especially in the season we're in. And they ask about the end times and end times theology and what comes first and what's happening. Are we the end times? Um, is, is America part of the end times? What's happening in Israel? A lot of these questions I get as a pastor and a religious leader, and if you're leading in the church, I bet you get those questions too. But the older I get, the less I'm concerned with those types of questions, believe it or not. I'm more concerned about my end of time and the account that I will give one day to God. To me, that's a far more important um, thing to discern than when the end times are coming. I'm not saying that the end times are not a worthy study. In fact, we're going to do a study on Revelation over the summer, but I think what's of more paramount um, importance to you and I are what are we doing right now before our time ends on this earth? And is it something where we understand one day we will stand before God and we'll give an account? for the service which we give. And in understanding that, it should motivate us. When we look at the great commandment and the great commission, the great commandment to love God with all your heart, to love people, and the great commission to go out and tell everyone that Jesus has, has what he's done and commanded us to obey and to teach, you begin to understand those two things. You start to weigh your life in alignment with that. And you're asking, am I making truly a difference? And, and the reality is, is if you really, really want to serve, if you understand the, what's the heart behind this and that you will give an account, it will bring you to a point in your life where you will want to die to self so that you can see others live because that's the example that's been given to us through the person of Christ. And the fourth reason why you and I should want to serve and have a desire to serve is um, you'll be rewarded for your service. Now, for some people, when they hear this, and they go, isn't that a bad motive to do it because of the reward? Well, yeah, if that's the reason why you're doing it, I would say, yeah, it's a bad motive. But one of the things you need to understand about service is when you do something that pleases your father, it, it's pleasing. And so look, look at what the scriptures have to say about this. Matthew 25, in illustrating this, Jesus uh, speaking to his disciples said, his master replied after there was good service done, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share, share your master's happiness. So when you serve and you serve out of a motive to please the Father, to be in alignment with his mission, to help others to understand the joy that comes through Christ, and to just serve them because of your love for the Father, you will share in your Father's happiness. And that while our motive should be to share in the Father's happiness, a byproduct of that is a reward, and the reward is his pleasing will. And I want to be in the Father's will. Um, for some of you, I know the other thing I've heard regarding this area of, of service is, um, man, it's been hard to find people to serve in the season. Leaders come to me and say, can you, can you, from the pulpit, 
You know, can you ask for people to serve in my ministry? Can you tell them about my event? Can you tell them about this thing that's happening at the church? Somehow they think if I say it, um, you'll be more apt to do it. But here's what, here's what I've learned. I've learned that the greatest way to get people aligned with an area of serving is to do something that's very simple, but yet very profound. Ask them. It's that simple. I remember when I first got to the church, one of the things that would happen was people would come to me and say, hey, we don't know this person, or we don't know this person, or this person on stage, or who's playing. Can you just introduce them? Uh, people, I don't need to introduce them. Let me give, and I had to explain this back then. Here's a profound idea. Why don't you walk up to the person, because that's when we were, there was no COVID, we were still in-person services, that was the main service we had, and walk up to the person who's playing guitar, seeing that we can say, hey, my name is blank. What's your name? I'd like to get to know you. Here, here is the reality. Serving is no different. I can ask people to serve till I'm blue in the face. I'm going to ask you today to serve. Some of you might even jump in to serve. But here's what I got to tell you, leader. If you're a leader and you want your leaders to serve or you want to find more people to serve in your ministry, ask. Build a relationship with people and ask them. Invite them into your passion and into what you are passionate about. And people that share those passions and share those burdens, they will jump in. But the reality is, is just because the church asks or there's a need, never motivates anyone. It almost always comes from a personal ask. So here's my question to you. If you're a leader and you've made the statement, I just can't find leaders. How are you asking? How are you building a relationship? You know, are you bringing people along sometimes for just simple moments of care? You know, there's all kinds of ways that you can help. That. Are you using, using social media? Are you asking through email? Are you reaching out via texts? You know, are you, are you, uh, you know, sh- sitting down in the foyer at times looking for people and saying, look, there's someone that I've never asked if they would serve in my area. I picked up the phone this week and asked a person to serve in an area of, of leadership over our church. And they said yes after some prayer. They couldn't have said yes if I didn't ask. The same thing is true of your ministry. The only the person who's most responsible for building your ministry is you and the Holy Spirit. You ask and the Holy Spirit will draw people. That's just true. And pray heavily as you ask people. So this week, let me just real quick, here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you give in, give up, okay? And when you sign up, give in. In other words, surrender to the, the, this, the reality that you have been called and saved to serve. Would you give up? Would you, would you with humility, say, listen, I'm not gonna make life about me. I'm gonna make it about the mission of Jesus and I want to be more aligned with that mission. And I may not know how, but I want to do that. So that's the give up. And would you sign up? Would you take a next step? Again, I said at the beginning or somewhere in the message, I was going to ask you to serve. That's still true. I, I would want to ask you to serve. So let me tell you some areas of service that are available, just in case you're not sure where or how to serve. Um, one of the areas is we'll be relaunching Graceville next Sunday. Um, it's limited. How are we launching? I don't want to give you too many details because I know that ministry is still working out the details of that. And they're still communicating that um, to different parents and different people in the church. But I know it's relaunching. And if you have a heart for children and you want to impact their lives, just let us know. We will get you connected. They're also doing that with as much safety as they can based on certain geographical distancing as well. And um, I know that there's been a lot of thought put into how to do children's ministry in person as safe 
as possible, and they'll continue to do videos online. Student ministry is another area of great service. Uh, a lot of you have been getting to know Danny through the messages and getting to know him in our church, and we just ordained Danny last week. So Pastor Danny's always looking for people that say, I'm passionate about students, and I want to impact their life. He's also passionate about helping people through recovery. So that's another area of service. Um, just services. Pastor Tony has been asking people, hey, would you be willing to serve in security in the area of medical, uh, as an usher? There's so many different ways in check-in, so many different ways that you can serve when it comes to the area of guest services. What about worship arts? Pastor Dan now has all kinds of different ways, audio, visual, you know, music, all kinds of different ways for you to serve. If you'll just say, hey, I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to be trained. Code Purple, you know, we, we still are having ladies every night um, at the church, uh, Pastor Tony just sent me a um, an email not long ago or text. He said, hey, just a reminder, hey, eight people's lives were saved last night because they had a warm place to stay. You know, for some of you, that's just staying for under an hour each week and checking people in, making sure they have all they need. It's that simple. For others, it's that you'd be willing to stay overnight. You're a woman and you're like, I would stay overnight with the ladies there to make sure that they are comfortable and they know where everything is and sleep overnight. Two ways to serve in that ministry. Hey, what about the clothing sorting? That's been on the back of the bulletin and the announcements now for a while that you can actually help sort clothes for people that need clothes. And that all that information is in, again, the outline or the, the bulletin and the announcements. You're saying, well, I can't do any of things because I'm just not a person. I'm not at that place yet. I've got major health risks. I get it. I get it. And I'm balancing you know, risk with serving. I know there's a balance between the two, but can't you help with online ministry? You know, would you be willing to host one of our services and learning how to do that? It's not that hard. You just got to love people and want to connect with them. What about being a part of our follow-up team? We have a lot of people each week that they just want someone to reach out to them, talk to them, pray with them, and be there for them. That's something you can do. Let me know. What about a growth group? We're launching a new Zoom growth group on this Wednesday. John's been doing a Zoom um, Sunday school since the beginning. So you can launch a growth group and launch a growth group. You can do that through Zoom. You can do that um, at home. You can do that. Um, like, let's say you have a certain circle that you're already connecting with at home. You can launch a growth group there, or you can do it again through an online component. We will train you how to do that. Here's a new idea that just came to the church recently of a way to serve for everybody at home. What if you were able to just make sandwiches for people that are homeless and this season find themselves a little down and out? We've been talking about this for a while. We've been waiting for this to kind of get organized, but I would love to know your interest in this. You know, would you be willing to make a sandwich and somehow get it to the church by Sunday so we can put it in a refrigerator and make sure that it gets distributed on Mondays to those that have a need? Everybody can make a sandwich from home and then find someone that'll at least drop it off for you. So if you're interested in that, let me know. We'll have um, Mike, who's been uh, leading our missions, reach out to you and get you engaged with that. Here's the reality. Heard it years ago. I think Rick Warren is the very first person to say it, but I've heard it from multiple pastors. They say, and they've said it this way. Um, you really just can't steer a parked car. You just got to get moving. So let me pray for you as you consider how God's calling you to serve and where he may be calling you to serve in this season. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for each and every person that's watching today. You have made us, called us, saved us for service. God, we find our greatest fulfillment and joy when we serve in alignment with our gifting and who you've called us to be. Father, in this season, I know that serving might be more difficult because of COVID, but it's still possible. So many different ways for us to figure out where we can serve. Father, show us where to serve and give us the courage to step forward. Write it on our Connect card. Show that we'll serve wherever you need us because we know when we serve, 
we're certainly closer to the heart of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So, um, and, and uh, finished up the service, a couple things real fast. Uh, one, if you want to find an area of service, put it on your Connect card. We have a digital Connect card up right now. You can put it there. We also have um, uh, Connect cards on the website. They're always there. But you just click on the digital Connect card. If you ever have a problem with the digital Connect card, do not let that frustrate you. Just email me directly. Email me, hey, Connect card wasn't working. Email me in your response and how I can pray for you, but also in your response to the message today because I'll use utilize that to connect with you and help teams connect with you in the area of service. Uh, right after the service today on this same platform, um, if you're watching on um, Facebook on a different platform, um, go to our website and on our website, you'll see there's an in-person way to watch, but there's also a virtual way to watch. You click the virtual way and uh, we will start a meeting. It's a special business meeting at 11.45 today. And that will be the way that we will gather together since we're not gathering because of the inclement weather. We'll gather at 11.45 um, online using our online platform. So a lot of, a lot of that's important. Uh, we're going to look at two things uh, for the members of the church. You'll get to vote on them online. And uh, we'll move forward with putting two new uh, ministry roles and positions in place at our church council. Hey, hope you enjoyed the service. Hope you were inspired to serve. And I hope that I'll get to see you soon in person or online. Have a blessed Sunday.